Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Impact Theory Q&A. I am here flying a little bit solo. I think Cindy's going to be joining me in a minute, but right now I'm flying solo. Uh, I welcome you guys. Our beloved Agent Smith, I'm afraid, is stuck in traffic. He was desperately trying to get microphones for you guys so that it would be really easy for you to hear. Uh, We will continue our habit of speaking loudly. So thank you guys for joining us. I had an incredible, incredible meeting this morning, which I haven't even told the team about. Oh, God, I can't wait to tell you guys. It was fucking awesome. It is going to be a game changer, potentially. How about this? A door has opened. And I'm a huge believer. In fact, what do I always say to you guys about opportunity around here? What do I need you to do for me? Believe in you. No, I never get you asked in the that. Room. There it is. There it is. Get me in the room. That's get all I need. If you get me in the room, I'll do the rest. And today we took a huge step forward to getting in the room with something that is very, very important to this I'm team. So, so yes, I can't wait to tell you guys about it. Um, I feel like the. Am I a little too hot on the mic? Something sounds. Maybe it's just turned up too much. This is my literally headphones. my first time ever using this. Oh like, well, welcome, Cindy. Like, I don't welcome. know what it sounds like. Hello, sound there like. we go. That's where the crunchiness is. Hello, hello, hello. Much Hi. better. Hey, there we go. There it is. All right, now we're good. Okay, so Yay. why don't we um, dive into some questions? All right, cool. So. Um, we're actually going to kick it off for a Facebook giveaway, having Hello. everybody share and then comment below that you've shared um, to be entered to win another copy of Tools of Titans. Nice. Tools yeah. of Titans by a one Tim Ferriss. It's a great book. Uh, I think you guys will love it. Yeah. So get that share on. So share, do share, it. share. Share it. Okay. And then so our first question. Yo. Um, is actually from John Smith last week. Wow. Um, he's a big fan. First episode he watched was Jason Silva. Totally blew his mind. And thank you for giving us the tools of success. Um, so I'm just finishing up the book Originals by Adam Grant. Mm. What's another book you would recommend? Just in general? Or yeah, like a, a follow-up to that book, like if you're Specifically in to Adam Grant. Yeah. Um, so I have my entire book list, and I highly, highly, highly recommend everybody to read every book on that list. I really put a lot of thought into it. It's 25 books. Um, they're in order uh, the way that I think that they should be read, that I think that they'll be most impactful. Um, there's many books, though, that aren't on the list, man, and that is the so joy many. of discovery. And I'm actually rereading a book right now. I rarely, rarely reread books. Um, but to, before I get into what I'm rereading, let me officially answer the question, uh, (laughs) along the lines of originals. I don't know that there are a lot of books that I've read that explore that topic in particular. So, um, I'll always point people back to mindset. If you haven't read mindset, you just absolutely have to read it. Um, so good. They can't ignore you. Um, is, is a little bit like originals in that it's going to help you discover that thing that's going to make you, you, um, all the weird idiosyncrasies and all that stuff. Agent Smith has joined us. Agent Smith in the building, everybody. Uh, so yeah, I would, I would throw it to that one. And, um, man, another thing I would love if people in the comments, if there's something that you guys are reading, that's really got you on fire. Um, that would be awesome. I'm always looking for new books. And the book that I'm rereading right now is the power of myth, dude, this book, I am remembering how much it changed my life. Like I forget yeah, like how a much big book for you. Yes. I like, forget how much of it. it. 
Yeah, it it is the foundation to impact theory. It it really is. And when I think about something that I don't talk enough about um, was the, the tattoo that I got, which for me, I'm not a believer in tattoos. Personally, I never wanted to get a tattoo. Um, I was super scared of needles, like really, really like phobic as a kid of needles. And I'm reading this book about to get married. And uh, he starts talking about how part of what he thinks is really deeply problematic about modern society is the lack of rituals. And the lack of rituals comes from um, not having any relevant mythology and that that's, you know, a cause of a, a lot of problems. And one of them he was saying is, you know, divorce, that there's no really powerful ritual that tells you you're a different human being the day before you get married and the day after. And uh, I really thought about that and I really wanted to marry once and marry for life and, you know, that was going to be it. And But really, really understanding that it's not a flaw of character um, to not stay married, that it's it's really a flaw of strategy. And that may have just been uh, a poor choice going in. You didn't marry somebody that fits you well, that you didn't grow together over time, which is a highly coordinated effort that to me is um, like orchestrating the most complicated trick play in the NFL. I mean, it takes such a high degree of orchestration, communication, practice, rehearsal over and over and over um, to really get to that point. And or it could be, you know, not understanding the mythology and ritual and all of that 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 goes into changing who you are as a human being from one day to the next. So mm-hmm. um, I, I asked, you know, I loved the notion of a ritualistic scarification and so wanted to do that, but wanted to also face one of my biggest fears uh, in the name of my love for my wife. Uh, and that was needles. And I know maybe that's stupid, but that was the thing that like really straight freaked me out. And so the idea of being scarred by a needle permanently uh, was just, it was, you know, the early days of my belief moved towards what scares you. And because a tattoo scared me so much, um, that just felt like the perfect thing. Um, and, and rereading the book, The Power of Myth, just reminded me like I'm, I'm re-going through that psychological transformation and, and remembering like how much of that was born of that book, which I'm just so, so grateful for. And it, it really is one of those things that gave me that notion of open yourself to being changed. Like that book really changed me. It made me right. take different actions. And um, it is a big part of what I credit uh, my marriage to. My wife is so stressed out right now. Every time I like, I'm so full of this love for her and I look over and she is like freaking the fuck out, like trying to figure something technical out right now. So uh, it's a, it's a pretty funny uh, juxtaposition. Yeah. Okay. Agent Smith, I got love for you. Welcome to the table. Welcome. Welcome. All right. Let's see. Um, Next question comes from Chris, wait, Jonathan Verderama. Sorry if I said that wrong. Um, how do you create community in a corporation and inspire millennials to work hard? Ooh, so obviously Simon Sinek touched so powerfully on the millennial question um, as it pertains to work environment that is unique to them. And while I'm on this ritual kick, mythology kick, I'll, I'll bring the two together. And I think that there is no exit from childhood to adulthood anymore. And that's a big thing that I think we've all struggled with and, and certainly millennials. And, and I do want to just tip my hat for a second that every generation complains about the generation following them. Like I'm very, very aware of that. Um, and, and I don't think that millennials are any exception to that. And I think millennials are a beautiful, powerful, amazing generation, just like um, every generation before them. Uh, but they do struggle, as we all did, with some identifiable problems that are unique to that generation. And, and I think talking about those things that are unique to millennials is pretty fascinating. And uh, one of the things in the power myth that he notes is society is moving and evolving too fast for mythology to keep up because mythology requires a certain amount of mystery um, to, to be ritualized. Um, and I think that that, that's a really powerful insight and it makes me ask the question since I believe that impact theory's job is to be a modern day myth maker and to tell people how to interpret that mythology. And we have to do it through the lens of knowing that it's fake, right? We have to do it through the lens of knowing star Wars is not real, that it's just a space opera, um, you know, that superheroes aren't real, but they tell these parables and tales, uh, that should be instructions for us how to live. So when I was thinking about culture creation in a corporation, I'm thinking of all those things. I'm thinking of 
uh, that people are coming to this company, that I want them to be there for selfish reasons. It's just I know that about human nature is, you know, you can count on everybody to be selfish um, and that it's a really, really awesome feeling when you know that you're working for yourself and you're pushing really hard. You may be a part of a bigger ecosystem. You may be getting paid by somebody else, but you're driving towards something you want in your own life. And so I wanted to create a structure where that was talked about and that was open. And I actually believe that the biggest traumas in our life, whether you were sexually abused or, you know, whatever the case may be, it's not being able to talk about it. That's, that's one of the most difficult things. And it's forcing that struggle. Oh, the, can we show that to camera? This is the, this, this is that thing that I fear that keeps me awake at night. Um, that we have not figured out this fucking problem. This doesn't it make you want to punch yourself in the mouth? Yeah, it makes we're me talking want to punch to like sound technicians myself about it in the face. Right so now. here's the thing. You got to hold yourself to results. And so um, I'll speak yeah. only to myself. The following diatribe is about myself. Then we're going to come back to building a culture and a corporation. Um, dear self, you continue to not make this a priority. You continue to let this be a problem. And then you have the audacity and the laziness to bitch about it when it bites you in the ass during a live feed. Stop doing it. This problem is very predictable. So at the end of this, dear self, you're going to actually take the time to prioritize this, deal with it, solve the problem, and move on. Uh, It's going to be the last time I talk about it. I cannot believe I've tolerated this in myself. Um, And this is me, like, this is actually how I talk to myself. I'm just externalizing it right now. So if anybody wants to know how I deal with um, letting myself down, this is it. Like, this is so fucking stupid, and I have no one to blame but myself. Uh, And it just hasn't been painful enough until right at this moment now where I'm truly embarrassed because I've let this drag on for so long. So uh, it will be addressed. Um, So going back to building a corporation um, culture, Um, so wanting to recognize that people are being selfish, wanting to create this beautiful environment where we could talk about it so that, um, you know, if somebody was unhappy that they didn't have the extra burden of, and I can't say anything or uh, a culture of secrecy, which I, I really hate. And by the way, I don't think that I've, um, been entirely successful with that. I think we're small again here at impact theory. So it's a lot, lot easier, um, but it's something that I, I really struggled with and thought, you know, this is, I know what needs to be done, but actually building it into a culture as the company gets big is really, really difficult. So I think a key part of it is, and this is learning from failure. Um, nice. 15 chairs. Thank you Ooh. guys. Um, and maybe I'll tell more about the meeting story so you understand why this community is so important. Um, and the shares help us build that community. Uh, so learning from failure, one thing that I saw was when it was small, it was really easy because people could see my work ethic. And because I make three demands, I need people that work hard, I need people that work smart, and I need people that work long hours to accomplish what we wanted to accomplish at Quest, certainly what we want to accomplish mm-hmm. here. Like those three things are just, that's how you win. That's how you get in pole position. There's, there just isn't another way because if you know everybody is working um, hard and smart, then the only thing left is long hours. And long hours is where everybody pushes back. And, you know, that's where I say, hey, you should only be here for selfish reasons. And that was easy when people could see how hard I was working, that I was the first one there, that I was the last one to leave, that I would ask, actually ask them to vote what's the worst job um, on the line. This is when we were actually making the bars or when I was making the bars every day. Um, and, and, you know, we just identified it. And then that would be the one that I would do. And so then people knew that like, okay, he's not playing around. He's not asking us to do anything that we wouldn't, that he's not asking us to do something he wouldn't do for himself. And we see him do it every day. And on top of that, that I didn't show up with a piss poor attitude, right? So I was leading by example, by being upbeat, by being energetic, by being excited, by being excitable, by thanking people like, and it was really easy when we were small. And so I had ride or die motherfuckers when we were small, like for real. And I so am sad that I don't know how to, like, I'm so proud of how I was then that I want to talk about it and I want people to see it. And I'm very sad that that's one moment in my life that, um, will never be captured. And I was so different and so had to step outside of my comfort zone to, uh, be a leader of, you know, people that grew up hard and they were tough and you know fucking gang members and tattoos on their neck and teardrops painted on, or tattooed under their eye and you know to be able to thrive in that environment and give those people hope and get them excited and believe it and some of them are are still there and to see how beautifully it's impacted their life um 
That's how you build a culture, right? You do it by leading by example. You do it by acknowledging the truth of the human condition that people need to be able to talk about problems. They don't punish people for speaking up. Don't punish people for a dissenting opinion and let them know like what the code of ethics is. Let them know. That's why we did the 25 bullet points. Let people know like what's acceptable here. What's not, what are the expectations? Be hyper clear. Um, one thing that I was really bad at, but I think is also critical as you scale is giving people career paths. Um, you know, progress is maybe the most fundamental building block to human happiness. And if people don't have a sense of progress and gaining mastery, um, they're going to get very, very frustrated. Uh, I could literally teach a master's class on this. Um, I'll stop now, not because I'm done, but because, we should move on to something else but what an awesome question i'm super excited that you're thinking about that uh if you're in a leadership position even just asking the question is going to go a long way um look at camera when you can that's a very good tip i actually feel weird about that it's not just designed to be like this so thank you um and i will try to do that more she basically said stop looking at cindy (laughs) so um this one comes from facebook Um, from Ethan Smalley. I struggle with having others walk all over me. I'm a peacemaker and really don't like offending others. So I let people walk all over me. How can I keep that from happening? How can I stand up for myself? Yeah. So Pete Carroll, uh, the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks has really put into modern terms what I think mythology was always meant to give us and, and what I think is really part of the duty of impact theory. And that is to you have to have a life philosophy. So you have to know what you will put up with and what you won't put up with. Um, and, and, um, I, I am the same. I very much get massive anxiety, uh, when it, you know, really has to be like diehard conflict. And I think that's why I was so proud of myself during the era when I was on the line and working with guys that were so aggressive and so, um, jockeying for alpha status. And so I really had to be, um, on a much more visceral, like sort of, base human level of having to assert myself and play a, you know, a dominant role, even from just a a physicality perspective of holding myself differently, of, of taking up more space, of letting people know that I won't back down or more importantly, be back down. Um, but at the same time, you know, having the, the deafness of a leader and being able to listen and knowing when somebody needs to be heard and never fighting to be right. Um, even when you have to let people know that you're strong and that you're going to be there. So here's the thing. You have to have a life philosophy. That life philosophy needs to include that you don't let people back you down. And if you know that you're prone to that, then um, you may have to uh, force yourself to err on the other side, that you may be you know, a little too quick to stand your ground until you can find balance. And the balance is key, and, and you're going to hurt yourself in the opposite direction. But what it'll prove to you is that you're willing to stand up for yourself. And, and I think that a lot of times the you know, you have two types of aggressive people, those who are just aggressive and those who are nervous aggressive. Um, and, and if you're having to employ aggression out of nervousness, which I actually think is better than just receding into yourself. So while it's not a good strategy, it's a way better strategy than being a doormat. But if you know, like I'm just being nervous aggressive, you need to be working your ass off to find that balance. Now, one thing that you can do, and I know this is super weird, um, but the interview with Faraz Sahabi, he talked about this, that he got into martial arts because um, he so felt um, that he, in a moment of passivity, he wanted to know that he was being passive at a choice. He wanted to know that at any moment that he could choose to fight if that's where it needed to go. And that gave him such confidence and stability in himself that he was never nervous aggressive. And I love that. And you see that a lot in in guys that are really well-trained fighters. They have so much confidence that if something were to escalate, um, that they only escalate like if something's really at risk because there is no nervous aggression. So um, I wish there were better, a better answer than that. The path that I chose was not um, as much physicality. The lifting and getting strong really, really helped me because I knew that I'd be able to hold my own more. Um, but for me, it was having a life philosophy, knowing what I was willing to put up with, what I wasn't, and that I would never allow myself to be a subversion of myself. So um, I just have a line where I won't be pushed around. I won't be bullied. Um, and, you know, I've had people, very, very powerful people, try to bully me. Um, and, and I just click into, you know, I'm not going to fucking let that happen. And once you like, I have such, um, I've allocated so much mental real estate to never being bullied that, um, that's like the worst thing you could do with me. Like if in a negotiation or something, um, you try to bully me, like I'll fucking flip. And that's when I get like, and I don't, 
lash out. I'm not going to raise my voice, but I will become so aggressive, like in a business context, aggressive, not Mm -hmm. like physically crawling across the fucking table, but just like, okay, well now what you're trying to do is bully me. So now I'm not going after what's reasonable anymore. I'm going to try to dominate you. Um, and I'm not even saying that's a great strategy. I'm just saying that <laughs> it, that's the reaction that I have to bullying because I've had to carve out so much mental space to not let that happen. Um, so that's a, another strategy, but it, it all comes down to life philosophy, bright lines. I won't be bullied. I won't be pushed around. Um, and you know, I'm I, like, you won't hear me say, I won't embarrass myself. I'll embarrass myself. I just won't be bullied. Right. So mm-hmm. you, you just have to decide what's critical to you. And never, ever, ever, and this is my favorite quote from um, uh, Winston Churchill. I got it in the end. There it is. Never, ever, ever, ever back down to something other than, you know, common sense and honor, whatever the exact quote. But that idea of never giving in, never, never, never. Um, And I have that. Right. And don't forget, you can start small. Like saying no to things is totally your right. Like... And even to like a candy bar or whatever, and then keep pushing yourself to achieve and get to that bright line, right? Word. All right. So our next question comes from Palka um, on Facebook. Any tips for those of us who want to start a career in a different field? I was working in e-commerce, but I want to pursue my career in team slash project management. I love this question. And I know I need to speak louder, so I'll self-censor. Um, <laughs> yes, I have all kinds of advice, and it goes exactly like this. The only thing that matters is getting so good they can't ignore you. That's it. I don't care if you went to school for it. I don't care if you spent 20 years in another field. You can do a 180 at any time in your life, and all you have to do is get better than everyone else. And all that is is about practice, learning, growing, acquiring new skills, Get relentless about that shit. Dive in. Get yourself in way over your head. Say yes to everything and figure it out later. I I literally, as I'm, I was in this meeting this morning and uh, the guy's like, well, would you ever (laughs) consider this? And I was like, yes. Uh, (laughs) And I'm literally inside. I'm like, this is so funny. I actually, everything I tell people to do, everything is exactly what I've trained myself to do. Like, this shit is real. The words you hear coming out of my mouth are because it is like my, what I have so trained myself to, to, to do and saying yes all the time and, and just believing in yourself that you will figure this shit out. Like, that's everything. So in the meeting, I was like, 10 years ago, I would have panicked right now because I know I have to say yes, right? To get where I'm trying to go, I have to say yes to this. But I have absolutely no idea how to cross the chasm. But I so trust myself to do the research, to figure it out, to do the deep work, to put on headphones, to wake up eight hours before anybody else, literally eight hours before anybody else, and just think about this shit. Like, look at historical examples, read on it, interview people, ask, like, be humble, accept that I don't know, like, drilling into that world and and knowing that on a long enough timeline, I'm going to win. Because other people, first of all, if they are already good at it, then I know that they've already succumbed to dogma. So now all the world that was open to them when they were a novice has now solidified into like 10 things and they think that's it. And I'll mm-hmm. blow past that because I'm always going to have the courage to be naive, which is a quote from somebody who I'm forgetting right now, but don't think that's mine. I don't want to steal that because it's so good. But have the courage to be naive. And then... AJ Hawk? No, 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 it's somebody like a longtime thinker. What? Huh? Buckminster Yes! Because ah, I said it to I you think. yesterday. My man, <laughs> my man, Agent Smith pulling it out of the matrix. Buckminster Fuller. There we All go. Right. Question from IG. Yep. Awesome. Uh, Tom, are you a cleaner? If so, when in your career did you transition from closer to cleaner? So if you, if you watch that episode with Tim Grover, he says there's something beyond a cleaner. I think when I asked him if he was a cleaner, he said, no, I'm, you know, whatever's beyond a cleaner. So I like to think I'm beyond the cleaner. Uh, but of the three, yeah, I'd, I'd say I'm a cleaner. When did I transition? Nothing's binary. It's never um, one minute, yes, the next minute, no. Um, and it was so funny. I was recently, we published a photo um, of me. I've got my head down. It's like this really cool. In fact, we're going to repost it, right, where it's more raw and they can see the environment. Yeah. And, um, I had my head down at that moment because I was being asked something in an interview and I knew what they wanted. They wanted me to like give some like 
highly mythologized answer that was like true-ish, um, but was so packaged in a story that it would be like emotionally resonant. And my head is down because I'm like, how do I give them what they want and not lie? Because I'm not willing to lie. And then I picked my head back up and gave them an answer that was total shit. And I bet they never use it. Not that one though. Um, and I just thought I would rather give them a shit answer now that's real. And that the one person who's really listening to what I'm saying, while it might not be that jazzy emotional um, answer, it's actually true. And if you implement it in your life, then you know it'll work. So the truth is there was no binary moment. It was me relentlessly acquiring skills and getting better and better and better every day. Um, so yeah, it's, it's no, it's no binary moment and you're not a cleaner until you can say you're a cleaner. And so there's, you know, like the, the sort of final test of being a cleaner is, can you own it? Can you say I'm a fucking cleaner and I'm going to show up and you know, I'm going to be in the gym at, you know, in my case, 3am and you know, rock it out, rock it out, rock it out every day, put in the work, grind, grind, grind. Yeah, that's it. There's no magic. Cool. Any more IG questions? All right. So this one comes from Ian. Pet it sounds. Nice. Um, while creating new mythology, will impact theory take a critical position against the larger cultural narratives which feed the epidemic of the mind? Um, unintentionally. So that feels a little bit like a political question and I'm not a political guy. So the way that I think about it is this, there are things that work and there are things that don't work and I'll get behind anything that works. Uh, I judge myself on results. So all I know right now is I have a theory and that theory almost certainly will not be true as I see it now and that I'll adapt that theory as we go, which by the way is why it's called impact theory. Uh, I've talked about this before and, and part of my life philosophy is you have to repeat things a lot. Um, and we were going to call it impact machine. And the yeah, truth of the matter was impact. that that made it sound like we believed that we knew the answer to have impact. And the truth is we have a theory and we're going to rock that theory until we have reason to believe that it isn't true. And then we will switch it up immediately and begin rocking our next theory until we believe that one's no longer true. Switch it up, keep rocking it. And, and that'll be the, the deal. That'll be how we, uh, we pull this off. So yeah, all the mythology that we're going to create, um, all the stories that we want to tell, all the companies that we want to help bring into the world, um, are all going to be things that work, that are real. Um, and you know, we're looking at a couple companies right now. One of them is a medical device. I think I talked about this before. Um, they could be very interesting, but only if it's real. And if it's real, we'll get behind it. And what it does is stimulates the vestibular nerve um, to have impact on weight loss. And there's a really strong physiological reason why it might be working. And it has FDA approval, which is fascinating. Um, but I'm used it. So I don't know. I can't tell you that it's real yet, but I'm super intrigued by what they're doing. Um, it, you know, was introduced me introduced to me by VS Ramachandran, who is one of the absolute brightest minds ever, in my opinion, in neurology. Um, so the fact that it's, you know, even sort of distantly associated with him means a lot. Um, but if it's not real, we won't do it. And if it's real, we will. And then on the mythology side, yeah, I mean, we'll be, I'm trying to pull people out of the matrix and every story that we're going to tell is going to be, um, you know, just a, the hero with a thousand faces. So it's the same story over and over from a thousand different angles. Um, but it's all about that moment of awakening, realizing that you control your own life and your destiny, that everything is in your control. Every bad thing that's happened to you is your fault in a great way. Um, just meaning that you're in control. Um, and, and we're going to tell that narrative over and over and over from a thousand different angles and try to give people um, what they need to actually implement it in their own life. So if it's real, we'll do it. Cool. Uyakasha. All right, quick giveaway pause. So this is for Facebook and Instagram. Repost your favorite Tom quote and tag at Tom Bilyeu to be entered to win another copy of Tools of Titans. Nice. All right, Such and this question book. comes from Jimmy. Um, Tom, what was the best lesson you learned from your father? Wow, the best lesson I learned from my father goes like this. He bought me a plaque one time and it said, find something that you would live for. Sorry. Find something you would die for and live for it. And, um, that was powerful, man. Like that was one of those that hit me right away. Some have to take time to sink in, but that one, that one really, that was worth its weight in gold. So mad respect to pops on that one. It okay. certainly wasn't about cars. I didn't learn any lessons about cars, <laughs> though he tried and tried to teach me. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. I don't know anything about cars either. Um, so this one comes from Francisco. 
How would you go about finding your life partner if you didn't already have one? The internet, man. There's no two ways about it. Like the internet, like it is, it's a numbers game, first of all. So you just have to see a just unbelievable number of people, but okay, so that's useless. So now let me give, I think where could really be useful to you. What you have to do is be aggressively yourself. You really have to be aggressively yourself. And that doesn't mean that you buck social norms. It doesn't mean that you don't show kindness and open doors and do things to get people's attention. Like don't be a dumbass. do what works. So of course you're going to put your best foot forward. Of course you're going to adhere to social norms, but when Lisa and I first began dating, I was so myself. I was so myself. Like, you wouldn't believe how myself I was, uh, which is a tale for another day. But I was aggressively myself. And because of that, I had just gotten out of a relationship, by the way, where I just felt like the person had been a little nutty. And um, I was at that moment convinced I was never going to get married. So imagine that meet my wife convinced I will never get married. And so I felt like I had nothing to lose. She was leaving the country. Uh, she was legally obligated to leave the country and, uh, it just seemed perfect. So I thought, well, I'm trying a new strategy. I'm so in the mode of, I don't give a shit. Um, I'm going to see if it works for myself. So, you know, I mean, she was a beautiful woman and uh, a human being and deserved the utmost respect. So I, I want to make sure people understand, like I was opening doors for her. I was showing her the, you know, some chivalry and, and real kindness, but at the same time, I'm not going to bullshit you. So I think that's, that's such a powerful strategy because it will, it's, I believe in life, a big thing you're doing is throwing a bat symbol up into the sky, not to attract everyone to attract fucking Batman. Like you throw <laughs> the symbol up into the sky to attract something specific. Right. So you throw your fleek freak flag up and you see who responds, like who's into it. Um, but yeah, just never. And my wife raised her hand. She definitely responded. Um, but at the same time, like, don't be a dumbass. And I needed to find that to make that useful. Um, be courteous, be respectful, be interested. Right. Like the best way to be interesting is to be interested in the other person um, and be open, man. Be open like that person may not be what you think. But on the other side of whatever weird thing you're trying to use as a shield to protect yourself from being rejected may lie like the most incredible person of all time. But you won't know if you don't go into it defenseless. And here, you ready for my diatribe on love? Ready. And I wish that I could give it super quiet, intimate to the microphone because this, this is the, the business. The beauty of love, the thing that makes it so special is knowing you're going to get hurt and doing it anyway. It's knowing that some percentage of the people that you put yourself out there, you fly your freak flag, it really is you, you're totally yourself, they're gonna kick the shit out of you and it's gonna suck and it's gonna hurt and it's going to uh, run the risk of making you want to clam up. And when you don't, when you take the shot to the teeth and go back for more, that's the beauty. That moment right there, your very willingness to get back in and open yourself up again is what makes it amazing. That, like, that's what you should pride yourself on. That's what you should be impressed with is that you don't let that scar tissue build up. And that's where people have trouble. They get later in their life. They've had a couple failed relationships. They feel really vulnerable, raw. They start building armor around that, that scar tissue, right, to hide their heart from anything. You got to break that down, man. Like that is what makes it impressive when you know that part of the rule of the game is that it's going to hurt, that you're going to get yourself into a, a situation that will suck and still being able to go back in with arms wide and, and love in your heart. You guys know I have a very strict diet that I stick to, except for very special occasions, and I do that so that I can bring my best every day to what I'm doing, and a big part of that strict diet is high-quality animal protein and my go-to source of trustworthy meats and seafoods with no added hormones or antibiotics ever is ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service that delivers 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood all directly to your door. I cannot recommend ButcherBox enough. When you eat ButcherBox, you are giving your body the best possible building blocks to work with so you can reach your full potential. You've got to take care of yourself at a cellular level if you want to hit your peak consistently 
consistently. So ButcherBox is the key. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash impact and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. And that means you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash impact and use code impact to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You will never be able to reach your full potential if you are riddled with stress and have a lot weighing on your mind. I can tell you from my own experiences with stress and negative thought loops, you have to find a way to work through whatever it is that's weighing on you if you're gonna have any hope of achieving your goals. Therapy can be an option for working through things and for an online therapy option that is super convenient and flexible, be sure to check out BetterHelp. With BetterHelp, everything is 100% online and getting started is quick and easy. A brief questionnaire matches you with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra charge. Get things off your chest, process through things with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash impact theory today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash impact theory. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you wanna have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. Okay. Mike Burkhart, winning shit. Mike Burkhart, people posted what they've learned from Impact Theory so far. Mike Burkhart, nice. congratulations. Learn? I want to hear this. Impact Theory taught me to pay more attention to what is actually happening in my brain when I'm in different scenarios. It really helps to look at the neurochemistry behind emotions. Nice. I like nice. it. Nice. That's good. That's good. And if you if that didn't come it. in loud and clear, he's learned to pay attention to what's happening in his own mind. Uh, and that, you know, really understanding the neurochemistry helps and it changed my life for sure. I have so many clear memories of my wife, um, you know, being my partner as I went through all this and really learning about myself. And cause I used to be pretty hotheaded, uh, and I had a long fuse, but once I got angry, then I would just stay angry for like mm. a long time. And, you know, little moments like this in England, this is so embarrassing in England. <laughs> they have two doors. This is back when we were just dating. And I'm not used to that because in America, there's just one door. Like you open a door and you go outside. Uh -huh. There you open a door and you go into like a little mud room. And then there's another door to get out of the house. Yes. Um, and I didn't know this, but you actually need a key even on the inside to open the, the last door. So you can open the first door without a key, but the second door you can't. But when you pull the first door closed behind you, it locks. And now you need a key to get back in. So I literally trapped myself in the mudroom. So we'd gotten in this huge fight and I stormed out. I was going to storm out of the house and I stormed my way right into the mudroom <laughs> and I couldn't go anywhere. And it was so stupid <laughs> that I started laughing and I was like, oh, this is so embarrassing. But how can you not laugh at that point? So I had to knock and she had to come let me in and we both burst out laughing and it, you realize right then it's just brain chemistry. It's just brain chemistry. Because as soon as I was laughing, I wasn't mad anymore and none of it seemed serious. Just right. because I was laughing. 
So that was one of those first clues of, huh, this is controllable. Yeah. So God bless my long-suffering wife. <laughs> All right. So this next question comes from Michael Foster. Do you see yourself? Who is, by the way, like one of the Impact Theory all-stars. This guy is yeah. on there all day, every day. Dope comments. Michael, you know. He's like everywhere. We love you. Um, so do you see yourself as a scientist of the mind and your experiments involving mind constructs and behaviors that test your construct of what your current reality is? I think it would be mind really scientists. unfair of me to consider myself a scientist. Um, scientists do very rigorous studies. Um, I like to adopt some of the mindset of a scientist to approach problems, uh, you know, from the same angle that I don't know the answer to this. And so I have a hypothesis. I want to test it. I want to see, I want empirical data. I'm looking for evidence. But part of the reason that I'm not a scientist is all of that rigor is way too slow and I want to move really, really fast. So um, I will definitely eschew some of the traditional scientific um, rigors to move fast, to get an answer, to test it in real time, be moving, go, go, go. Yes. Um, you know, look, momentum matters. I can't say that enough. And that's something in science. They don't prize momentum like I do. I don't think business could survive in, um, in that world. If you had to be that cautious and that slow, it's like, I'm just, eh, if you know, we're like in non-scientific endeavors, you can be close enough. Right. And so like, for instance, if you put me on a panel, like for as much as I can talk about the brain, if you put like, um, VS Ramachandran and I on national television and people got to ask us questions about the structures of the brain, I would look like an idiot. Right. <laughs> but I know enough. I know enough you know and enough I can to get by exactly. And so that to me is, is, um, is why I would never say that like I'm a scientist, but yeah, I try to use some of their tactics. Cool. All right. So this is a follow-up on the myth mythology question, mm. um, from Chris Welch. Uh, how, okay. So you mentioned that myths can't keep up with society anymore. How will our mythology adapt fast enough to keep up with modern society? I don't have the answer to that question yet. And this is something I just started exploring today. Um, so I'm, I'm really fascinated to go deep and to answer this question. And it's going to be fun, like to have this company that's predicated on our ability to monetize this meditation, right? Like that is so interesting to me. And when I think about, you know, all the young entrepreneurs out there who, you know, want to put at the center of their life, something they really, really care about, but they can't think about how to actually make it a business. You know, we're going to be a case study for you. And if you could crawl inside my mind and see how I'm approaching this problem, right? So we have this very sort of soft, esoteric thing. We want to impact culture. We want to do it in a positive way. I'm, I am really, really um, unnerved. I won't say I'm frightened. I'm unnerved by the division that we have in American society. And for anybody that's read the comic book DMZ, um, you'll know why I'm so unnerved. Cause I think that's such a prophetic example of what happens if we keep down this path. Um, so I really, really think deeply about like how we affect, um, people's ability to feel in control of their life, which is a building block of happiness. And when everybody I think is happy and feeling like they're in control and they're working towards something they believe in and all of that, that, that we really can just have a better world. And there will be more people doing things that are awesome for humanity, uh, protective of humanity, uh, protective of longevity, like all the things that weigh into what we really care about as human beings. Um, but answering the question of how we are going to actually pull this off from a mythological perspective and make that relevant, I don't know. Also, that's a path and not necessarily the goal. I think that using mythology is going to be the answer, but I'm not married to that path. And so we would abandon that path if it, if it proves not to work. But um, going back to, to really finish the thought, if you could crawl inside my mind and see what I'm doing. I'm looking at things from a hyper like tactical standpoint. So we've got this grand vision, influence culture in a positive way. But at the end of the day, I have to sell shit, right? We have to sell shit. So at some point, this all has to translate into things that you can buy. And so the meeting that I had this morning was about making things that people can buy. And as I'm like sitting there explaining like how we're going to do this and how it's going to work, I was getting so amped up because I really think it's real. And so I'm pitching this guy and I can see he's like, holy shit, like he's never thought of it like this. He's never thought of his own universe like this. And so literally in the meeting, these guys haven't even heard this yet. Nope. In the meeting, homeboy picks up the phone. I'm not going to give any names. Picks up the fucking phone, calls the person that we would have to win over and was like, hey, I'm sitting across from this guy. He's like totally freaking me out. Like 
you've got to hear his vision. Like, let me get a meeting. I want to get you and I want to get him in front of it. Because I said the same thing to him. Get me in the room, dude. Get me in the room. Right. And so, boom, right there. He's like, he got half the answer that we need. I was like, oh my God, like this is fucking nuts. So yeah, it's, um, we may hate, by the way, the answer that they gave us, but we got an answer. I was over the moon. Um, everything, you know, there's always hair on the deal, as they say. Uh, but if we can structure it in a certain way, oh my God, it could be amazing. It would give us stuff that would be really powerful, really will let us test out whether uh, mythology is going to be a play and it will let us sell shit. Oh God. Babe Ruth, Colin Schatz. That's all I have to say. That's all I have to say right now. We're calling <laughs> that motherfucker. Drop. All right. Um, so this one has disappeared off my screen, but I remember it. Um, Tom, when are you going to have a clothing line? Yeah. So that was part of what today's meeting is about. So um, we're soon, very, very soon. And I think um, one of the things that I'm on repeat about is I need, I need a new technology to exist or if it exists and they just don't know how to market it yet. We need ultra high quality direct to garment printing. I can't stress that enough. I know there is some just tech savvy wonderkind out there. Um, man, I want to help in any way that I can make this happen. If we can make this happen, I'm telling you it's a billion dollar business, uh, but it's gotta be ultra high quality. It cannot be better than what we've seen. It has to be ultra high quality. This is a zero to one moment. So for anybody that knows direct-to-garment printing, you're gonna say, what, what are you talking about? There's so many direct-to-garment printers. That's how confident I am that what needs to come into existence is so is exponentially better <laughs> than what exists right now, that it would be a zero to one moment. It's a Quest Bar moment, right? Quest Bars came in, there were 1,600 other protein bars, but it was still a zero to one moment. We need that in direct to garment. I know someone is working on this because the demand is just so, so there. Um, and I'm not willing to invest the time in learning the technology. I just think that that would be stupid. Um, so, I know someone out there is working on it. I know one of you knows one of those someones. And if you guys could put them in touch, I will buy them or invest in them or at a minimum mentor them to make sure that that technology exists because it would scratch my own itch. I need this to exist um, because the only thing you'll see, I've totally switched up my style in the last two years and I've moved almost exclusively to uh, what I call rep what you believe. Um, so you're going to see me at all times wearing something that says something about my internal life. Um, so I'm wearing one you guys have seen way too many times, but this is very important in the meeting that I just came from. So as a subliminal cue, I needed to be wearing this. Uh, um, if, if I hadn't literally returned run up and, and sat down, I would have changed it. So it's not such a recycle on you guys. Um, but yeah, giving people a chance to reinforce shit in their mind. That is the key repetition, repetition, repetition. You've got to reinforce the stuff in your own mind, which is why that's why I'm so hell bent to, even though what we're about is creating this empowering mythology, I really believe, like I'm also wearing a necklace that is the Rebel Alliance from Star Wars because it reminds me of all the, um, you know, the mythology and iconography from that film, which is really, really important. And when Joseph Campbell was asked, are there any modern myths that could actually help people in today's society? His answer was Star Wars. So like this stuff is real. I really believe that it can play. Um, and people need something that's wearable, that's tangible, that they can take out of the yeah. ether and make a part of their life. Um, and that's what we're going to be delivering. Um, the easiest way, it's not the only way, but the easiest way to pull that off would be ultra high quality direct to garment printing. So help, help. All right. Okay. Any IG questions? Throwing it out. Um, so the one thing I never feel is unmotivated. That's not helpful. So what would the, I have, I have made it a part of my identity that I am motivated, but I often get super, um, fearful. God, I didn't want to say that, but that actually is true. I get fearful that I'm not going to be able to pull it off. So in those moments, I, I always fall back on two things, beauty and rage. Uh, and what I mean by that is I really, really believe that there is a kid out there right now or an adult, a 75-year-old, whatever. There's somebody out there right now who if I can get through to them with the idea that they can acquire skills, 
that they can set their mind to something and accomplish it, that they can do whatever it is that they want to do through really, really hard work and discipline, like really simple, not easy, but very simple things. That is so beautiful to me because it will make their life better. Like that is, I just, I love that the world works that way. And every time I see evidence of the fact that the world works like that, like it fills me with beauty. I, I don't know how to explain it. It's it's beautiful, and I want to bring that to the world, and I want that to be, not that I think a lot about legacy, but that's, that's a good word to sum up. Like, I want that to be what I'm about, and so that's beautiful to me. And then on the other hand, there are all these people who doubt me. There are all these people who have, they have chosen the dark side, and they have chosen uh, to, to fill themselves with hate, contempt, disregard, doubt, like all these negative emotions and people that um, try to chip away at other people. Like I was interviewing Mel Robbins and Mel Robbins is so inspiring, man. And if you let her inspire, like she's really working to try to help people. And she's like, I'm on CNN. So people make fun of my neck because she has like uh, creases in her neck. The fuck? Like there are actually people out there who waste time, like trying to, to make her feel bad to get attention. Like that's so insane to me. So I feel myself and obviously I'm thinking of the people who've touched my own life that have, you know, doubted me, hated on me, tried to stop me, hurt me, people that have sued me, like shit like that. Right. And I, I fill myself with rage and I let that anger like be a push pull mechanism. So on the one hand, I'm moving towards beauty. And on the other hand, I am hell bent to prove something. I've got a chip on my shoulder. It's that simple. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in that. And I know it's a little bit controversial, but the truth is once you understand how to leverage that without it consuming you, without it, um, you know, becoming, uh, letting it turn you into Lord Vader, it actually is useful. And it's something that not a lot of people talk about. And uh, so on those days when I'm feeling tired or fearful, um, anger actually helps. And they've done, they've done studies on this. If I want to uh, make you hold your hand in, let's say they usually use cold water. Um, if I want you to, to endure that pain longer than other people, all I have to do is let you get angry. So let you swear, let you yell. Um, and in channeling that rage, people can endure more pain. Like fucking think about that. And that's why I think it's totally underutilized. That's cool. All right. So this one comes from Miljo. Sorry about that. So Miljo? 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 Milko, perhaps? Milko. All right. So, hey, Tom, how do you get over roadblocks without losing momentum? That's the fun of it, man. And when you fall in love with that process of going, okay, I actually don't see the way around this problem. Um, what, what I have trained myself to do is there's a moment of either anxiety, frustration, anger, whatever. When you have that moment, let that be the trigger. If you guys have read near Al book, near Al's book hooked, he talks about a, a habit loop trigger. And I use that as the trigger to remind myself that any obstacle can be overcome. Uh, and then that puts me into this, like, back into my prefrontal cortex and I start trying to problem solve. And a lot of times I'm using thinkitation to come up with a very creative solution to that. So I put myself through meditation into an alpha wave state, which is where your brain is making unique connections from very disparate parts of your brain. Uh, I stay in that meditative state and I go into what I call thinkitation, where I'm actively thinking about a problem. So meditation is normally about turning off the thinking part of your brain as much as you can. Uh, and that whenever you catch yourself thinking about something, you remind yourself to breathe. Um, so with thinkitation, I want to leverage that, the creative state, uh, but to actually attack a problem. And it's the same sensation you get when you're either falling asleep or just waking up where you feel like you may just a moment of inspiration hits and you have an answer to uh, a big problem. So I'll do that a lot. And then sometimes I just brute force it and I start making lists of what are all the possibilities, write down things, stream of consciousness uh, without ever filtering or censoring. And you know, a lot of times something will pop up and then when all else fails, I just chip away at it over time. Cool. All right. So this one comes from Chris Welch. Um, so you give a lot of great nonfiction book recommendations. Are there any fictional books that help you grow? I'm going to guess that there are tens of thousands of books, fictional books that'll help you grow. I'll give you a very limited number from my stash. Um, it's limited because I have the overwhelming feeling that I'm not getting information fast enough 
from fiction books, even though I love them. And I love them in a way that I can't explain. I absolutely, like once a year, my wife and I go away for um, our anniversary. And that is the only time I allow myself to read fiction. It's once a year. I pick a book. Picking that book is like, it's, I scrutinize it almost as hard as I scrutinize my wife before I decided to propose to her. Like it's a big deal. (laughs) Um, And when one hits, it's, it's unbelievable. So, um, books that have really had a big impact on me, you have to remember a lot of times I had an impact because of the age, because all I used to read was fiction. So a lot of these books from when I was younger, um, the gunslinger had a huge impact on me. The whole dark tower series, in fact, uh, had a big impact on me. I'm super excited. They're finally turning that into a movie. Um, I've talked a lot about Stephen King. I uh, had a big impact. Um, it had a huge impact on me and we all float down here. Uh, yeah, yeah. God, I love that. Um, that, that book was incredible. What a great coming of age tale. Love, love, love. Um, there were a lot of Stephen King books. Insomnia had a big impact on me. It was the first book that ever made me actually shed a tear. And I was like, what just happened? Like movies for sure, but books. Um, in fact, I think there's only two books that actually made me shed a tear. You guys ready? Ready. Insomnia by Uh Stephen King and Shoe Dog. Oh. By Phil Knight, the story of Nike actually made me yeah. fucking cry. I'm like, like a crier, so I can't even make that list. <laughs> the end, yeah. Yeah, the end was like it ruined me. I and and it was because of everything leading up to it, right? Mm-hmm. Like the grind, the way I don't want to give it away. It just the beginning the or the whole book leading up to it, and then that moment, I was like, oh wow, like well and it was one of those. Um, where it was, even in the sorrow, the, it's the knowing, the joy of being alive, you know? Like, and, and because I think his book was so, like, you're so on that journey with him and just really feeling, like, alive. And then, ah, oh, wow. So anyway, great book. Those two, um, and see, I brought it back to nonfiction again. There I go. <laughs> uh, but Insomnia, yeah, that had a big impact. I loved, though I won't say it changed me, I loved more than I could possibly tell you. Uh, Ready Player One. Ready Player One. That book's. If you haven't read that book, like you're missing out. Hmm. All right. Any more questions? Well, some people are asking um, if we're still planning on printing the do shirts. Most definitely. That'll that'll forever be our most important shirt. Like that's the the everything boiled down to its essence. Yes. It's one of those simple, uh, but not easy. But yeah, that, that'll forever be like the quintessential impact theory shirt do, 100%. And then a general question from Catherine. What are your thoughts on time? There's- wow, that's open-ended. Yes. Um, <laughs> I was like, no. Well, context. let me... Oh, <laughs> this is a fiction book that you should all read. This one, this had a lasting impression on me. I can't believe I didn't remember this one. Called Einstein's Dreams. And it's a collection of short stories that talk about um, like different aspects of time. So one of them, and, and this one, really, really sums up how the, the sort of most common thing that I think about time when I'm not thinking about it from a like physics perspective. But what if everyone could live forever, right? So if, you, if the, everyone was immortal, um, the world would fall into two camps. And Camp A would never do anything because there would always be time to do it tomorrow. And then Camp B um, would do everything because there, was, there would actually be enough time to pursue all of your passions. Mm-hmm. And that really resonated with me because that's what I saw around me. Like most people, like they always seem to be putting things off. Whereas I want to do them right now. Like that's why I was so excited in this meeting with the guy twice. Wait till you hear that whole story. Twice picked up the phone. He was like, do you want me to just call him right now? I was like, yes, please. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> he was just literally calling them right there in real time. So awesome. Uh, I'm, I, and that brings us to the last point I'll make about time. I have the sense, um, Jason Silva and I were talking about this in our most recent interview where he introduced me to this great quote in Spanish. Um, in English, the translation is, the day is escaping me. And that's how I feel. The day is escaping. Like It feels like it's just falling through my fingers. Like, And it's because every moment there's so much potential. When you don't wring the potential out of every moment, it feels like it, it has escaped. This is true. And then we have one more from John Biggs. Best and worst advice you've gotten or you've been given in the last year. 
I so rapidly discard bad advice. I actually have no memories of specific bad advice. I really want to come up with something for you. God, I, I don't have any great examples of bad advice. Um, good advice. I'm in a position now where I'm more collecting knowledge than advice. What's a great piece of knowledge that I've picked up? Um, the, this type of question I'm really bad at answering and I try not to ask them in interviews because it sends your mind spinning for anything. Mm -hmm. Like I, now I'm just trying to remember any, any piece, piece of, advice of advice that I've gotten in the last year. Um, guys, can you help me out? Like what's something that we've discovered as a team? And now, yeah, see, I'm now everyone's deer in headlights <laughs> on this like, one. I, I, I don't know. I, so my life boils down to the, the idioms that I'm throwing out all the time. Some of them maybe did come in the last year. Uh, I'm not sure. Every time I'm with Jason Silva, I feel like I'm getting more nuggets of gold. Uh, and I've written many of them down. Um, and of course I, I'm blanking on each and every one of them for you right now. Um, so yeah. Sorry, I got nothing. I'm just gonna sit in, in the yeah. the discomfort of this. What was that? Maybe that can be a blog post later. Yeah. We'll yeah. Blog about that's it. good. I like that. I keep okay. notes, so I'll pour yeah. back through the notes and see what I've come over in the the last year. Very grateful for the question. I apologize for the horrific answer. All right, and so Milko has another question, and he says. Um, how would you define a leader? Tony Robbins says leaders do two things, optimize resources and solve problems. What are your thoughts on this? Well, they definitely solve problems, but I think um, a leader is somebody that is painting the vision and organizing everybody and galvanizing them around the execution of that and um, and giving them like the the life philosophy to steal from Pete Carroll that we're all going to abide by. And that to me is like the big thing. You've got to set the tone for the culture. Um, so you have to create the culture. You have to um, lead by example from a work ethic perspective. So um, there's a great uh, quote about kids. Um, Don't worry if kids are listening because they are always watching. Mm -hmm. And that's how I feel as a leader is people, maybe they don't seem like they're listening to what you say, but oh dear God, they are watching everything you do and they will emulate it. Uh, if you're showing up late, leaving early, they're going to show up late. They're going to leave early. Um, if you hit an obstacle and stop, they will hit an obstacle and stop. Um, if you never congratulate people, then they're never going to congratulate people, you know, so you really have to, um, lead by example, but to, to boil it all down, you have to have the vision and you have to galvanize people around, um, the belief system and the execution path. That to me is, is it nice. Yeah. And failing to make people feel good about themselves would be a real mistake. All right. So All right, we have one the, more. The signal. Um, we'll wrap it up. Last one from Brian Kim. When did you realize that this is what you wanted to do? What's this? This. Impact theory? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> impact theory really began to, so impact theory is the collision of a lot of things. Um, I've always known that I wanted to be involved in mythmaking, uh, which is I've been obsessed with filmmaking since I was probably 12. Um, so that and then that collided with realizing that until you um, can control your own destiny financially, that you're coming to the world with your hand out, uh, which was a discovery really about um, just about 15 years ago, a little bit less probably. Um, so putting those two things together, that's why, you know, I wanted to make sure that this was a commercial business that made money, um, that could be a self-sustaining engine. Um, and it really began to take shape about 10 years ago when, um, Zuda comics came out and I saw what they were trying to do, which was leverage the crowd to, um, trade something, which is basically, we can't come up with every great idea. Every business knows that, um, no matter how many amazing people you have in your company, that the vast majority of the world's smartest and most talented people don't work for you. So finding a way to leverage the crowd, um, and what we trade is our ability to nurture that and market. 
So in doing that, it becomes a, a pretty powerful exchange of value. And um, I think because we're not predatory, um, because we're not trying to milk everything that we can out of these creators, whether they're creating a company or content, uh, because we're always very happy to give more value than we receive, I, I think that will be unprecedented um, in this arena. I just don't think people think like we think, the way this team is, um, the way that we want to see other people succeed. Like I'm wired for that shit, and I really believe that... Um, the timing on this is so perfect and never before in human history has there been a moment for a group like us to shine. I truly believe that because now people that want good things for other people that aren't predatory um, can build a massive business because the world now can talk to each other. And so within seconds, um, somebody in Nairobi is going to know whether we treated somebody well or not. And um, that and like today, you know, showing up and and. Um, and being myself and painting a vision that I think is unlike a vision anybody else is painting, I you know was able to have an impact on this guy and, and get him to make phone calls right there in the room, literally just to be helpful. Um, or yesterday when Wyclef John was here and pulled us aside at the end. Think, think about how many times Wyclef has been interviewed, right? How many times? Um, but pulled us aside on the way out and uh, you know was calling his family, which um, of course is something that he uses a lot but nonetheless was awesome. But when they said, you know, this is the best interview we've ever done um, and invited me to join him in New York and um, just, you know, was so, so kind to everybody here because he felt so welcomed and so um, respected and loved. And it was just awesome, man. It was awesome to, to see him walk in, you know, to sort of another interview, but then walk out like, whoa, this is different. And, you know, that's, that's our motto here. Get them in the room, get them in the room. And, um, and we're at our best when we're high touch. And so, um, I love that. I think it's, uh, I think it's a unique time. And with that, we will bid you guys adieu. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. You can't imagine how much this is our favorite part to interact directly with you guys, answer your questions, talk about what we're doing means the absolute world to us. Uh, we live to serve truly. So if there's anything that we can do ever to help you guys, let us know, submit, uh, and help us yeah. keep growing this community. Our big push right now is iTunes, baby, iTunes. So go to iTunes, subscribe. That will be very, very helpful to us to climb the ranks, to get more uh, visible. And we promise to leverage that to do incredible things, not only for you guys, but for the world at large. So until next time, my friends, be legendary. Hey everybody, thanks so much for joining us for another episode. If this content is adding value to your life, our one ask is that you go to iTunes and Stitcher and rate and review. Not only does that help us build this community, which at the end of the day is all we care about, but it also helps us get even more amazing guests on here to share their knowledge with all of us. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this community. And until next time, be legendary, my friends.